What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I uh, want to go over the rest of the matchups for this week. Uh, went over the first set yesterday, including Thursday Night Football, and geez louise, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, everybody who had Dalvin Cook was like, oh no, including myself. You know, he's going to come back too early. He's not going to be right. He's going to get re-injured. What do we do? Well, looks like the answer was to play him. Went over 200 yards, two touchdowns, absolutely killed it. Might finish as the overall RB1 this week. (laughs) So if you had Dalvin Cook and you started him and you needed to make the playoffs this week, boy, is he helping you out and giving you a good start to your week 14. All right, so let's uh, let's get right into it. I'm going to talk about the next seven games of the slate. Again, you know, I went over the first seven games in yesterday's episode, and today's episode will go over the rest of the game. So let's start with the Seahawks at the Texans. The Texans are Seahawks are favored by seven and a half points, forty-two and a half over under. Uh, Russell Wilson has started to get his groove back a little bit. Um, you know, this is a defense that he can take advantage of. Um, you know. If, and and that's a big if, you know, the damn offense can just focus on being a pass-first team, right? Get it to DK, get it to Lockett, and win. Pete Carroll probably looks at this Texans team, and the first thing he can think of uh, is, you know, how he can't wait to run the ball down their throats. But I am avoiding this backfield completely. Um, Penny got some work last week. Adrian Peterson got some work last week. I'm staying away. Um, I'm definitely starting Tyler Lockett as a wide receiver, too. He's had four very solid fantasy performances over his last five games. Uh, Houston has played the slot pretty well, uh, but Lockett does run about 50% of his routes on the outside, specifically the right side, and the Texans have given up the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers running routes on that right side over the last eight weeks. Uh, Overall, the Texans aren't great on the perimeter. Um, They have been better lately, but I am starting Lockett. I'm starting DK as well as a wide receiver too, despite the fact that he's been complete shit over the past few games, you know, when it's come to fantasy production. At least his targets went up a little bit last week. Um, I I just, I can't sit his upside, you know, even in a week where I'm trying to make the fantasy playoffs, I'm still going to depend on DK uh, and not get too cute with it. Despite a game to forget for Gerald Everett last week, you know, I hope he gets some therapy for that one, you know, or just bury that shit as far as back as, as far back in your head as you can, you know, (laughs) but he's still in streaming consideration for me this week. He's pretty involved. You know, he wouldn't have had that many opportunities to fumble and cause interceptions last week if he wasn't involved. I I think they try and help him redeem himself. Um, So yeah, this is the redemption game for Gerald Everett. Good matchup too. Brandon Cooks has definitely cooled off a bit. Three, five, six targets over his last three games. That's not going to get it done on a bad offense. Um, he should be downgraded to a wide receiver three, especially in the matchup against the Seahawks, who have given up the fifth least fantasy points to wide receivers over the last four and the last eight weeks. Um, they're just one of the best teams against perimeter wide receivers. And it also looks like Davis Mills will be getting the start this week. And if you're looking to start stream, stream a defense, the Seahawks it would be a good option. The Lions at the Broncos. The Broncos are favored by 8 points, 42.5 over under. Uh, DeAndre Swift didn't practice on Wednesday or on Thursday. He might miss this week. Uh, if he does play, he'll be in my lineup as an RB1. If he's out, Jamal Williams is a touchdown dependent flex play. Unfortunately, Williams didn't get the every down roll we thought he was going to get, um, and he came off the field in passing situations. And if the Lions go down in this game, it's looking like he might not get a ton of time on the field. 
good luck trying to figure out which lines wide receiver to start. Uh, I will tell you who has the best matchup, and that's Amon Ross St. Brown out of the slot. He had a great game last week, and you know, does that mean he'll have a great game this week? Absolutely not. But Cal Fuller um, hasn't played well this year, and he's been their nickel corner. So St. Brown will have a, you know, he's a little bit of a long shot, deep league PPR flex play if you need someone. TJ Hawkinson might be in for a rough week. You know, Travis Kelsey was held to three catches for 27 yards last week after the Broncos chose to double him. Um, That's probably what they'll do against Hawkinson as well since he's like their only guy, their primary receiving threat. So uh, just overall, it's a tough matchup for him. Melvin Gordon got a limited practice in on Wednesday and on Thursday. He didn't practice at all uh, last week, right? So it, it seems like there, there's a chance that he plays. Um, but him not playing last week led to an overall RB1 performance by Javante Williams. By the way, I'm going to be all over Javante in the first round next year in redraft leagues if Gordon isn't back, um, if they don't sign anyone else of significance to compliment Javante. Uh, but anyway, if Gordon does end up going this week, I'd expect a bit of the same of what we've seen all year between these two guys. I know Javante killed it. Uh, but coaches knew that he would kill it, right? Like, you think they didn't know that? Like, they're preserving him. They're allowing, you know, an almost as capable back, a veteran, you know, who's 65, 70% of what Javante is physically and talent-wise to compliment him. So can Javante work his way to become the 1A? Yeah, sure, I think it's possible. So he's a low-end RB2. Um, but, you know, he has a lot of upside in this matchup because they might go super run heavy with a sizable lead. So you can still, even though, you know, even though with him in a timeshare this week, you can easily see him with 15, you know, 15 or more carries in this game because of the matchup, because of the game script, uh, potential game script. Um, so he's in play regardless of whether Gordon's coming back. Uh, Gordon himself would also be a low-end RB2 for similar reasons. Uh, Judy is a PPR flex play, you know, nothing more than that. He had an amazing matchup last week in a negative game script. And caught four for seventy-seven on six targets. So not you know, not not what you what you might have thought, right? The ball is still being spread out a ton. The the distribution is super wide on this offense. Um, I don't expect the Broncos to have to pass a ton this week, so I don't think you know he has much upside. You know, Detroit has also done a decent job against slot wide receivers this year, so you know, nothing crazy. I'll be back in on him next year, but but they'll definitely need a new quarterback. Corlton Sutton is not startable right now. You know, Tim Patrick has sneaky touchdown upside because of the matchup on his primary side on the right, uh, but not something you you can really rely on. Um, Noah Fant can't be relied on as a tight end one. He's a streamer at best, but his route participation has gone down two weeks in a row with Albert O pretty involved. Moving on to the Giants at the Chargers. The Chargers are favored by 10 points, 45 and a half over under. Saquon Barkley, he's still a high in RB2. Uh, he had a workhorse role the past couple weeks, but this offense just stinks. Um, he's still worth putting in your lineup most of the time. The Chargers are a run final defense, but the only thing is the Giants are going to have to do a lot of, to do a lot in order for them to keep the ball moving, right? And there's a good chance that Daniel Jones is not playing this week. Um, the only wide receiver I'd be willing to start on the Giants is Sterling Shepard. If he plays, uh, he'd be a wide receiver three play for me. He got a limited session in on Wednesday. Uh, but just, you know, keep uh, keep up to date with my Instagram stories at Upper Hand Fantasy. You know, I'll be updating you guys on all the injury news through Friday and the weekend. But keep in mind that this is a tough matchup out of the slot. Keenan Allen tested positive for COVID. He might not, and I would say probably won't play this week. Uh, Mike Williams didn't test positive. He was just deemed a close contact, so he has a chance to be cleared uh, by today, by Friday. Uh, we'll probably find out about that later today. Um, he has a chance to play as long as he doesn't get COVID. 
basically. And if Allen doesn't play and Williams does play, Williams will be a low-end wide receiver one for me. Um, he's had some big games with Allen in the past, and the Giants have allowed the fifth most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers. So he, he's, he's a must-play this week. Now, I'm personally not so interested in the wide receivers behind these guys. You know, let's say in case Mike Williams doesn't play, if I had to play one, it would probably be, you know, Jalen Guyton. He's got more playing time than Josh Palmer. Um, I'd avoid if I can. Uh, But if you're in a deep league, you know, looking for a play that hasn't existed over the past few weeks because your waivers are looking that bleak, I get it. Uh, I think Guyton would be my choice for, you know, over Palmer this week. I am a fan of Palmer, but his time to shine might be at a little, at, at a later point. Austin Eckler should have a big day. You know, the absence of Allen will definitely open up some targets. Eckler will be that dude. Uh, you were starting him anyway, but just just enjoy it. Uh, I do like the Chargers defense this week. You know, I would be a little bit iffy on Justin Herbert, though, if Allen and Mike Williams can't go. If Mike Williams goes, it's fine. Fortnite's at the Bengals. Uh, the Bengals are favored by one point, 47.5 over under. Elijah Mitchell is in the concussion protocol. He also has some sort of knee issue which we don't have much clarity on at the moment. Uh, he did have an MRI, uh, and Kyle Shanahan is calling it irritation. You know, who knows if it's something serious, but it might be a good idea to stash Jeff Wilson, you know, maybe for long term. Uh, Wilson has a knee issue of his own. Shanahan gave a diagnosis for him as well, called it a flare-up. Um, <laughs> Wilson did end up getting a full practice in on Thursday, so that's a good sign that he's going to play and be the guy this week. Um you know, I, I if he's out, you know, Jamichael Hasty would be the guy, but it seems like Jeff Wilson is going to be the guy getting getting the getting the majority of the rushing work. So I would I would play him as like a low end RB two this week. Uh, George Kittle, obviously, you know, he's in your lineup as a high end tight end one, especially after some big after you know his big game last week. Uh, my guess is that Debo Samuel won't play this week, but we have to monitor his practice status for Friday. Um, I'll definitely be updating you guys on my Instagram stories uh, if he's out. Brandon Ayuk is a borderline wide receiver two play. If Debo is in, he's still, you know, Ayuk is still a solid wide receiver three. Ayuk has been, you know, uh, m- uh, mixing it up in terms of where he's been lining up in the slot, left perimeter, right perimeter, all over. Um, it's possible that he gets shadowed by Chidobi Awuzie, but the matchup is still okay. You know, nothing you need to stay away from. And in what could be a high-scoring game potentially, you know, without their primary running back and Debo Samuel, I think Ayuk could have a big day. Joe Mixon set out of practice on Wednesday and Thursday uh, due to a non-COVID illness. I'd pick up Samaji Piran just in case, uh, whether you have Mixon or not. Because if Mixon doesn't go, Piran will be a borderline RB1 play. My guess is that Mixon will be fine, but who knows. If Mixon, you know, if Mixon uh, does play, obviously he's an RB1. T. Higgins has a better matchup between him and Jamar Chase, you know, on his right perimeter where he runs most of his perimeter routes from. But Chase will get his opportunities there too. Um, the 49ers have given up the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last four weeks and the fourth most, you know, on that right perimeter specifically. Uh, the seventh most on the perimeter overall over the last four weeks. So there is some opportunity for both of these guys to do their thing. Um, these guys are both solid wide receiver twos right now. Right now. Tyler Boyd is like a deep PPR flex option, you know, deep, you know, can easily, he can easily bust. Um, he does have a decent matchup, so take that for what it's worth. 
Bills at Bucks. The Bucks are favored by three points, 52.5 over under. This matchup might have some fireworks. The Bills don't want to run the ball, so it doesn't matter that the Bucks have a good run defense. Uh, but Josh Allen has to be in your lineup. Tom Brady in your lineup as well, even though this matchup is definitely tough. Um, but this game figures to be a shootout. I'm not interested in any of the Bills running backs. Stephon Diggs is a high-end RB, uh, high-end wide receiver to play. The Bucks have given up the 10th most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks. Good matchup for him. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, you know, I guess he's a desperate flex play, you know, boom bust type of play as well. He plays on the perimeter mostly. Um, I'm only considering like him, Cole Beasley, because this game could be close and high scoring. Um, Beasley hasn't done anything since week nine. I wouldn't be counting on him, but you know, he's in play as a boom bust PPR flex. If you, you know, consider the, the, the shootout potential of this, um, of this game, uh, the bills haven't had any close games since week nine. Uh, and I'm not counting last week's game against the Patriots, you know, because of the ridiculous weather conditions. Um, but you know, and week nine was actually the, the last time that Cole Beasley got some targets. Dawson Knox is a tight end one. He's running enough routes on a good offense to make him someone you should be considering. Um, and we know what his upside is. He's, it's also a pretty good matchup as well. Tredavious White is out for the season for the Bills. So their secondary does take a hit for sure. Um, you know, I'm starting Mike Evans. I'm starting Chris Godwin, both as wide receiver, two plays. The Bills are probably the best team against wide receivers in the league across the board. Um, but there will be some scoring in this game. So, you, you know, you might want to downgrade them just a bit compared to last week. Uh, but still in play as wide receiver, two is for sure. Tough matchup for Leonard Fournette as well. Uh, he's a top five or six fantasy running back at this point based on the type of opportunity he's getting on a good offense. So he'll be in my lineup this week regardless um, regardless if it's a positive negative game script. He should be on the field. And, and again, you know, a lot of scoring might happen this game. So, you know, Vegas thinks this is the highest scoring game on the slate this week. Gronk as well. He's in your lineup, you know, despite the tough matchup. Solid tight end one for him. Uh, basically in this game, just start everybody <laughs> pretty much. Um Bears at the Packers. Packers are favored by 12.5 points at home, 44 point over under. Uh, David Montgomery's production finally caught up to the opportunity he's been getting with a big game last week. He'll be a low-end RB1 start this week against the Packers. Um, He is dealing with a few injuries that kept him out of Wednesday's practice. He did get a limited practice in on Thursday. Uh, Hopefully he gets at least limited on Friday. Not the best matchup in the world against the Packers this week, but you know he didn't have the best matchup last week against the Cardinals either. Um, it's really about the opportunity and the fact that he's on the field in every situation. He, he's in every down back, and he's tough to sit. Allen Robinson came back to practice, and he said he plans on playing this week against the Packers. Jairi Alexander has been designated to return off of IR, which opens up his practice window, but he might not be activated to the 53-man roster this week for this matchup. So I personally doubt that he's activated, you know, right away. I'm not starting A-Rob either way, um, but it's more about Darnell Mooney not potentially not getting as many targets he might have with Robinson out. But Mooney does have a pretty good matchup. The Packers' two vulnerable stu- two vulnerable spots uh, in their secondary is the left perimeter and the slot, so the offense's left perimeter. Um, they've given up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers on the left perimeter over the last four weeks, the most over the last eight weeks. Um, and they've given up the most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last four weeks as well. So, and, you know, Mooney has run about 64% of his routes from those two specific spots this year. The Packers have also tied for the third most 40-plus yard passing plays allowed this year. So in a game where the Bears will throw a lot, I can see Mooney having a good game. Cole Komet is a deep streamer as well. Not the best matchup, but he did see six-plus targets in five of his last seven games. Uh, start Aaron Rodgers as a solid QB1 in this matchup. 
I'd start Aaron Jones as a low-end RB1, mainly because he's on a good offense. You know, that goes through their running backs. He should be healthy now to take over as the 1A, but I totally see A.J. Dillon continue to be involved, and I view him as the potential closer in this game if it gets to that. And and that can potentially add five or six carries to whatever he had coming into that point of the fourth quarter. Um, I would categorize him as a low-end RB2 slash flex play this week. It's tough to say what the split is going to look like, but A.J. Dillon did hold it down with Jones banged up. Um, and I think he did more than hold it down. So I'm going to be watching this split pretty closely, especially around the goal line. Um, oh, and start Devonta Adams. <laughs> the first time these two teams played, Adams was showed was shadowed by Jalen Johnson, uh, who, who has been holding that left side of the field down, you know, like really holding it down. But Adams was fine in that game. Uh, he didn't blow up, but he's going to be fine. I um, just want to give a little background to the story that we're going to watch on Sunday night. Randall Cobb is going to be out for a while with his groin injury, so MVS can potentially get some more looks. That's Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Um, he had a 10-target game followed by a 9-target game, but this game probably won't be as competitive, right, as the last two were. Um, I will say that, you know, where he runs most of his perimeter routes from against Artie Burns, that's a really good spot to be in. The Bears have given up the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers on that side over the last four weeks and the eighth most over the last eight weeks. Okay, moving on to the Monday night game. Rams at Cardinals, 52-point over-under. Cardinals favored by three points. Uh, Dal Henderson remains limited in practice, but it looks like he has a good shot at playing this week. He'd be a low-end RB1 for me if he does suit up in what could be a high-scoring and close game. My guess is that he will not be, you know, he's, like, this time around, if he's active, like, I think he'll take some snaps, (laughs) opposed to what happened last week. Uh, But you can kind of see why I was so bullish on having Sonny Michel on your roster as a handcuff the entire year, because the dude, you know, he was on the field for, like, every single snap this past week. And if Henderson misses again for some reason, Michelle should be in your lineup as an RB1. Uh, and he should remain on your roster for the rest of the fantasy playoffs as a high upside handcuff for a guy who can't stop getting banged up. Cooper Cup is dealing with a toe injury. He was limited on Thursday. Hopefully he's fine, uh, but he'll be in your lineup, obviously, if he's active. OBJ did not have a full route participation last week. He only ran a route on 60% of dropbacks. Uh, that's not high enough for me to list him as a wide receiver three even. Uh, that number would have to go up to like 85% or more for me to do that. But at least they're still using him in the end zone, you know, things like that. So, you know, the hope is that, you know, the hit pointer feels better. Him getting more use of this offense, that playing time will go up. Um, but for this week, he's like an upside flex play. And I'd rather play Van Jefferson. Um, you know, he kind of switched places with OBJ for me this week. I saw Jefferson as the wide receiver three because he has a full route participation. His targets are going up. Uh, he's running a lot more from the slot. He basically has a little bit of a different role. Um, you know, than he's been getting, you know, before OBJ got there, before the bye. And, you know, he's still getting those deep routes on top of that. So I'm feeling his role right now on a good offense. Um, It's a tough matchup for these wide receivers um, for the most part, but there are some vulnerabilities they can take advantage of. Um, And with, you know, a high-scoring game, potentially, I'd be fine starting Jefferson as a wide receiver three. Matt Stafford, you know, solid QB1 for me this week as well because of the matchup, because of the more, more so because of, of this being a potential close game, um, you know, a close game and, and a high-scoring one as well. Uh, Kyler Murray should be lineups, obviously. Chase Edmonds might might make his way back this week. He was designated off to return off of IR. Uh, no guarantee he plays this week, but he can. I still start James Conner as a high-end RB2 if Edmonds plays. Um, you know, first game back, Edmonds might not get his usual role back right away, uh, and Connor would continue to be an RB1 if Edmonds misses this week. 
DeAndre Hopkins is a solid play. You know, um, I would say wide receiver two play. Uh, I doubt Jalen Ramsey shadows him. Ramsey was on him a few times outside last time around earlier this year. So I'd expect something similar, uh, but I wouldn't be worried about the matchup. He's still a high wide receiver two for me. So the last time around, the last time around, um, Christian Kirk had a bad game. Um, he's also rotating a bit in the slot between him, Rondo Moore, and Zach Ertz. So I don't feel comfortable starting him right now until we get like a larger sample size with Hopkins back and how that affects him and the other pass catchers. Um, but you know, Kirk would be like a you know, a boom bust flex option. Zach Ertz is a low end tight end one. Uh, he ran around on seventy five percent of routes last week. And that was with Hopkins back, so that's not bad, honestly, on a good offense. Um, I thought it would be a lot lower than that. We'll see if that continues on more dropbacks, um, you know, because they really didn't throw the ball a ton last week. So, uh, you know, but I'm okay with it if he's my best option. And that's it. That's all we got. Uh, good luck this week, guys. I know a lot of you guys are trying to make the playoffs. Hope everybody gets in. Get in your playoffs. And then we'll see what happens from there. <laughs> uh, take it easy, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Um, and I'll see you guys on Sunday. Uh, when we do our lives at 11 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time, and then the next live from noon Eastern Time, uh, you know, one hour before game uh, tip-off. Tip-off? No, that's basketball. Kickoff. (laughs) I'll see you guys soon. Later.